Hello and welcome to Enfocus, coming to you this week from the Great Pyramid of Atlantis on the Lost Island. My name is Hilke, I am your host. Joining me this week, as always, is my co-host Rosalie, back from the illness mines. <laughs> yes, I'm there a lot. <laughs> Mining for diamonds. <laughs> uh, glad to hear you're feeling better. Yes, I, I am on the ibuprofen and the the cold packs. They're keeping me sane. It's all good. <laughs> you know, it's one thing. Uh, this is not an original thought. I'm pretty sure I stole this from a webcomic. I'm pretty sure it was Womp. <laughs> uh, the like, you know, when you're sick, specifically with like a cold or a flu, and everyone always tells you, make sure you get plenty of rest and fluids. Mm. Like, that's just good advice for normal life, too, you know? That's true. And also, like, when when you stop being sick, you don't go around telling people, don't forget to lie on the couch and dehydrate. <laughs> I mean, I know a lot of people that do that, though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't dehydrate much on purpose. I mostly just wake up very dehydrated. And then I drink a lot of water during the day. Um, we're very lucky here that Scottish tap water is, as they say, the tits. It is pretty, it's like having a highland stream straight into your mouth. Um, so Ta I take full advantage of that and I'm all about the water. Tap water here is very good, too. Yeah. Whenever I go to like, London, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a drink of water. Oh, yeah, you can't. You, can't. <laughs> you have to have bottled water. Uh, that was so strange. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that being said, last time I was in London, which was last year by now, good God. Um, I mean, obviously, I drink a fair amount of like bottled water and stuff, but the most significant drink I had there was... An, a pint of cider <laughs> which that's a lot of cider is that that's normally well i guess you get bottled cider a bit of cider is, is it was it strongbow no <laughs> or something classier than the strongbow <laughs> i mean i don't dislike strongbow to be honest but there is a lot that i like more yeah I'll take Strongbow over some of the stuff you can buy here. Have you ever heard of Jills? No. It might only be a Dutch thing, but it is disgusting. Oh. It's also the like the worst and cheapest one you can buy. Oh, the what that one here is white lightning. That's that's like people die on that. That stuff's that stuff's not good for you. <laughs> So, the news happened, as it always does, mm. uh, and like I think the last time we talked about one of these, the absolute mad lads over at Nintendo decided to do a direct the day before we record. Um, so, I, I mean, thanks for giving us our main topic for the episode, I guess, but it didn't give <laughs> us a lot of time to do research on it. No. So, like, there there are a couple of ancillary things that I know from some of the things they announced, but most of it is just straight from the direct. 
and our opinions. So let's get into it. Yeah. We had, uh, it was specifically a Nintendo Direct partner showcase. So no, like, first-party stuff, just, well, third-party stuff, I guess. That's that's how that works. Um, there were about, there were over 30 announcements, as the email proudly told me after it ended. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, strap in. Number one, Grounded, one of the four games that we knew Microsoft was bringing to other platforms from that quote-unquote podcast they released that everyone got really excited for when they didn't really need to. Did you follow any of that? Uh, yeah, uh, excited might be a a loaded word. <laughs> I saw lots of, I can't believe it, I'm never buying an Xbox again. Uh, that was fun to read. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I gotta be honest. We talked about this a bit on Unfocused as well, which at time of recording hasn't come out yet, so you haven't, you wouldn't know this, but oh. the uh, the thing uh, like I knew that it was Hi-Fi Rush, Sea of Thieves, Pentiment, and another game I had never heard of. That game is grounded. Oh, you've not heard of it before. No, I mean, maybe I have huh. in passing, but it's not like if I had, it has not taken up any real estate in my brain. Oh, I've always quite fancied it. it it's it got a really cool idea behind it, a survival crafting mm-hmm. game where you get shrunk down to a tiny little person. And then the survival and crafting is literally in your main character, in your player character's backyard. Yeah, like, honey, I shrunk the kids, the game. Yeah, it, it's got a little bit of, like, Pikmin. Yeah. Visually speaking, not gameplay-wise, but I I do like that idea, like uh, Arietti the Borrower, the Ghibli movie. Yeah, although I hate that Ghibli movie, but yeah. <laughs> uh, what I think why I remember it is because when it came out, it has a setting where you can turn off the spiders for people that have an arachnophobia yeah uh and i thought that was really cool because that's quite a common phobia a lot of people have and i was like if they can take it out and it doesn't impede on the game why not have that option in there and i always just thought that was quite nice it's kind of i mean it's a real phobia so guess it is on the accessibility setting i don't know i just thought that was really cool yeah, I've seen especially the arachnophobia one come up a lot recently. Yeah. I think in Lethal Company, there's an arachnophobia oh. toggle oh. that just replaces the spider monster with just 3D text that says spider, and it has two legs. <laughs> that's that's really good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I could I mean, be misremembering, but I think it's Lethal Company. That's that's great. I have that. I haven't played it yet. I need. That's great. Spiders are good luck in Scotland, you see. So I can't disable them in games. It would feel wrong against my ancestors or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the ones you get here are pretty. There was literally one on my our bedroom 
ceiling the other day and it was the size of the palm of my hand and this was a house spider so that actually was scary and I don't have the phobia so imagine if you do and you're fighting giant spiders in a video game it would not be pleasant um or if you live in like Australia where uh, arachnophobia is just common sense yeah we don't get them in our toilet like they do either that doesn't sound fun yeah Sorry, Scott. I know you live in Australia. <laughs> I, I I don't know what that's like, bud. Uh, but yeah, that's coming with online play, as I assume the Xbox version has, um, on April 16th, 2024. All of these, I should say, with like one exception, are the, the direct was supposed to be for like the first half of 2024. And there's like one in here that was in October, which, you know, maybe don't put it in this one, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so expect to be hearing a lot of March, April, and May. Next, we have Ender Magnolia Bloom in the Mist. It's a new game set in the Ender Lilies world, which I have heard of in passing. Uh, it's a dark fantasy action RPG. It's set in a post-apocalyptic world, by the looks of it, called The Land of Fumes, which is an extremely sick name. <laughs> uh, and all we know is sometime this year, presumably in the first half, or else they wouldn't have maybe put it in the direct, but who knows. This is the one with a really cool art style, isn't it? It is, yeah. When when like when the trailer started, I thought it was a horror game, and this game does have some like horror elements, I guess. But oh. yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, I've not heard of the original or this one. Well, until the direct, um, and I thought it was like a near thing originally because there was some white hair going on. Uh, but I I'm curious. They have my attention. Next, we have. Arranger, colon, a role-puzzling adventure. It's a fantasy RPG where the world, or at least the, the game world, is divided up into like rows and columns, and you move the rows and columns to move your character's position in the world. So everything in that row and co or column moves with your character, which I've done like puzzle games like that. I think that uh, to use i think a really old example uh, yoshi's cookie works like that oh yeah yeah um i i would find that infuriating to be honest <laughs> i i don't think i would enjoy this game but i am not everyone thank god i i wouldn't wish that on you being me <laughs> uh, and that's coming in summer of this year vaguely do you uh is this more your speed than mine? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I It just looks like something I'd be terrible at. Uh, we'd play for 10 minutes and then get distracted, so probably not. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a cool idea that I've never really seen in an RPG before. Mm -hmm. But I, I am concerned about whether the, for lack of a better word, gimmick is going to be more intrusive than interesting. Yeah, the art style again is pretty funky. Kind of had like a sketchbook storybook kind of vibe, which yeah. I I do like. Um 
But yeah, even like like I love the concept. What's that uh, music rhythm game? But it's like a dungeon crawler. They did the Zelda one. Oh yeah, Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Yeah, that concept's cool. Every time I try and play it, um, I can't get into it, and I'm terrible at it. And and I'm like, cool concept, but it just ends up becoming really frustrating and annoying. And this, yeah, I can see this being similar. Even and and that's coming from you as someone who really enjoys rhythm games. I know, right? That's I was so upset too. <laughs> Maybe I'll try again one day. But yeah, I can see this kind of being equally as frustrating. It all depends on the execution, I guess, and we'll see when reviews come out. Next, wow, yeah, they put, I'm guessing, both of our most anticipated games back-to-back here. Uh, (laughs) uh, Unicorn Overlord. We saw this one in a previous Direct. It's the new uh, VanillaWare game. I don't believe we had a release date yet at the time. We have one now, at least. It's coming out March 8th, which is very soon. Uh, and there's a demo already out. Yeah. Am, am I correct in guessing that this is your most anticipated game from this direct? Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vanillaware. I've, I've probably said it many a time, but they're my favorite studio. Uh, I have not played a game of theirs that I didn't become really obsessed with afterwards. Um, and I've this has already been the collector's edition and actually my partner pre-ordered it which is kind of handy that we both like the same games uh but it actually comes with a like card game like in it oh that you can actually play and i was sort of like yeah i'm all for this um i am really excited i'm not playing the demo deliberately because i know i'm gonna like it anyway uh, and i'd rather just get right in um if i don't end up liking it though that would be kind of sad <laughs> But yeah. no, I'm really just Vanillaware. Just every, oh, I just love how they look and they sound, and even the questionable bits I still enjoy. So I am very excited. It just looks like Vanillaware trying to do Fire Emblem. Yeah, and you can't go wrong there. So <laughs> next we have uh, the one I was most interested in. I I was oh. very excited. Like I didn't watch this direct until. <laughs> the day after it came out uh, but I saw people like talking about it on Twitter and, and stuff and Monster Hunter Stories originally released and until now only ever available on the 3DS fully remastered uh, with HD graphics fully voiced coming to Switch uh, also PC and PS4 um, yeah that's very exciting for me because I, I I loved the original. I never managed to finish it, but I've been playing Monster Hunter Stories 2 recently, and I've been thinking about the first one again, and now I get to play it in like HD graphics and stuff. Oh, I might Mwah. pick this up too because I've heard really good things about the stories games and how a lot of people were saying that if you ever felt disappointed by some like Pokemon stuff this is like a good alternative like I like the Monster Hunter world but I'm actually terrible at the actual games because they're very Dark Soulsy and I'm terrible at those so I'm like this is like an, a way I can be involved in the world without the Dark Souls elements <laughs> and the boss for what it's worth and... 
I'm also very bad at Dark Souls, but I <laughs> have played hundreds of hours of Monster Hunter in my life. Yeah, my brain just can't do the like. Like, I loved messing around online with friends. It was World that I got, like, when it came out. But it was like, my friends were like, oh, right, we've got to use this and then um, brew this thing and then we've got to leave traps for this. And I'm like, oh, I just like to switch off when I play games. This isn't fun. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, like grinding to do bosses. I like bosses being like a thing that you get at the end of working towards something rather than the main thing, I guess. But I love the like, the, the music and I love the aesthetics and I love the armor designs and the character designs and the, yeah, so I'm actually... I think I might pick this up too. I I will say, as someone who's played a like compared Monster Hunter stories and Pokemon to each other, um, there is you know a monster collecting and turn based combat and stuff. But the turn based mm-hmm. combat is a little more involved than it is in Pokemon. Because there's three types of attacks you can do: a power attack, a speed attack, and a technical attack. And they have like a rock, paper, scissors thing going on where Uh. a power attack beats a technical attack, a technical attack beats a speed attack, and a speed attack beats a power attack. And you have to sort of read the monster's movements between attacks to see like, okay, normally it does technical, but now it's gotten mad, so it's going to switch to a different type of attack. Interesting. Uh, which does make the battles go pretty long sometimes. <laughs> but once your monsters are pretty strong and you're just going through lower level areas, you do have the advantage, at least in two, I don't remember if it was in one because it's been very long since I played it, where you just press both triggers to instantly end the combat because you were going to steamroll them anyway. Uh. Yeah, it, it it is a more like involved uh combat system and that is for better and for worse yeah that sounds more interesting because the bit that annoys me about modern pokemon is that you can still just get op and press one button and that's it yeah (laughs) so uh yeah i mean i'm more intrigued now i just hope they re-release some of the uh amiibos they're not gonna (laughs) but there is some really nice Monster Hunter stories, Amiibos, uh, and I think some were Japan only, actually. Uh, so if they came out over here too, that would be pretty nice. Um, and if not, they're just going to cost me a fortune one day, so. Yeah. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> and that's coming out sometime this summer as well. I don't think we had a specific release date there. I actually forgot to write that down because I was so... <laughs> swept up in the elation of being able to play this game again. Uh. Next, we have Disney Epic Mickey Rebrushed, a remaster of the original Disney Epic Mickey with I know that it has some new features. I did not have enough time to look up which ones. I, I never played I think, the original, did you? Yes, I didn't finish it. it. It was one of those ones where my friend had it, so I would just play it at their house um, kind of thing. But I really liked it. I know there's like a whole thing where 
the the concept idea of the game was different and a bit darker and that kind of looked cooler uh but it's still a really cool game um and i'm kind of glad that it's getting a remaster because there's a lot of disney things right now and it, it's making me nostalgic when disney games were like really cool and weird like i had i had a donald duck game where he was a ninja and on the PC, and it was like the coolest thing ever. And I was like, I want to go back to that era. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was called like Donald Duck and Mui Mallard or something. It was really quite dark and bizarre. Uh, but no, this yeah, I've already seen comparisons for this remaster with the opening being reanimated, and it looks gorgeous. It does. Um, so I am going to be getting this. I really hope there's a physical copy. I don't think there will be. But if there is, I will get it. Um, it's a shame the sequel's a bit rubbish because uh, maybe a collection would have been cool. Um, the only good thing about the sequel was there was a special remotes that you got. One was a paintbrush and one was um, Oswald's remote control because Oswald's in the second one. Um, but the game itself was crap. So, <laughs> yeah. This is fine that they're just doing this one. It's all good. Um... If anyone likes, like, uh, Mi- uh, was it Mickey Mouse Mania? But it's like a game in the 90s. It's got that kind of surreal, uh, like, feeling to it where, like, it's just a good time. If you have any passing Disney interest, it's worth playing. I, uh, I, I, I may have already told this story on the podcast before, either on the podcast or just to you between recordings, but... My strongest association with the Disney Epic Mickey franchise is going to a video game convention many years ago at this point where they were demoing the PlayStation Move. Yeah. They're like a Wiimote controller kind of thing. Yep. With Disney's Epic Mickey 2. And it was so bad. Like... (laughs) The input delay was horrendous. I genuinely think it was like a second and a half. Oh, no. Which in an action platformer is unacceptable. (laughs) I know. It's a shame because I kind of like... So, like, this game and the second one, they kind of... They bring in characters from, like, the old shorts. So they have, like, the the ghosts. And they have um, the Mad Doctor from one of the old things from a short from, like, the late 50s. And it's just really cool to see these kind of like, because a lot of people like Mickey Mouse and Disney, but they've not like gone through watching all the original shorts, and some of them are so incredible. Like even now, um, in fact, the more recent ones are even better. But anyway, like it's just cool to see representations of these kind of beautifully cool, intricate, 3D designed characters, and see them fleshed out a bit more. I just like it. I like, uh, I'm a Disney nerd and I'm not afraid to say it. <laughs> it's come up on the podcast once or twice. You know. I, yeah, I know. I think everyone just knows by now. It's fine. It's fine. Can't hide it anymore. Next, we have Shin Megami Tensei Five Vengeance. It is a new edition of the game. It has an additional storyline that, by the sounds of the trailer, takes place like parallel to the original storyline of the game i don't know i haven't played it uh i did see in the uh, official game podular discord um some people were talking about it and 
one of the people there mentioned that you don't get to carry over uh, basically anything if you own the original version. You get like three spirits? Oh, God. Demons. I think they're they're demons, right? Because it's uh, Jim Gummy Tensei. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you get to carry over like three demons from your original save file. And that could just be because, like, there's enough that's different that carrying over that kind of data just wouldn't, like, work, technologically speaking. But it does feel kind of bad. Yeah. It feels very Atlas, doesn't it? <laughs> I I ran into something like this recently, in fact. Um so a couple, uh, like either last episode or the episode before that, we talked about the demo for Dragon Quest Monsters of the Dark Prince. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to complain about it for a little bit, if you don't mind. <laughs> That's fine. So I bought the full game because it was on sale. So your story progress doesn't carry over at all, hmm. which kind of sucks because it's a demo I played for like 12 hours. Oh, my. Oh, no. And it says that you can transfer some of your monsters over to the full game, and that's technically true. Uh, you get to keep exactly the monsters that were in your party when you finished the demo. Nothing you had in storage. And they're not even the exact same monsters. Like, you maintain monster type and nickname, but if you like used the monster synthesis method to like make a more powerful version with like skills from the component monsters, it doesn't have that. It's just as if you caught it in the wild. Oh. So what's the point? Like it it kind of put me off playing the game for a bit, to be honest. Like playing the same twelve hours again that I did like two months ago. Uh, not didn't really make me happy <laughs> yeah because that's why when I originally thought thought the um, Pikmin 4 demo didn't carry over, over and that was only like an hour or something and I was like Ugh. and then it did and it makes playing the main game like great even yeah. if I forget half of it but yeah that's that sucks so what what the heck Square Enix what, why'd you do that what you do that for? <laughs> well, there's a lot of things I could be asking Square Enix, right, Bern? <laughs> yep. But we won't be asking anything... We won't be asking Square Enix about Star Wars Battlefront Classic Collection, which comes oh. out on March 14th and with pre-orders open now. I'm actually kind of hype about this. <laughs> yeah, I love these, these two... The original two Battlefront games. Well, see... I didn't have them. I I definitely played them again, like at my cousin's house or something. But I've played the modern ones more. So um, and everyone always tells me that these are way better. So I'm I must have played them a little bit at some point. Uh, but yeah, I'm really hype. There's like up to sixty four player matches or something. It's yeah, pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool. Which I um, believe is I, also true of the originals. Like, I don't think that's a new feature. It might be, like, that it used to be 32. 
uh, ah. but like like you, my first exposure to Battlefront was like at a friend's house or something, you know, and we just yeah. play like split screen multi uh, split screen multiplayer against each other. Yeah. And then way later, I bought them on Steam when they were like ten bucks for both of them. Uh, it's also kind of cool because um, the this is like the second. Well, I guess it's two games, but the second game that's old Star Wars game that's getting a remaster because Star Wars Dark Forces is also being remastered. So yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm liking this trend. It's like keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get like a full remaster of like the the Jedi Knight games because I love those. Oh yeah, and um. Rogue Squadron on the N64? Is there a remaster of that already? No. Maybe? I don't think so, because if there was, I would have heard about it, I like to believe. Uh, yeah. Fun fact, it is the either... I'm not super sure about the chronology, but it is either the first or the second non-edutainment game I ever played. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've, like, I, I, I played the PC version, not the N64 version. Um, uh, so it's looked a lot better. <laughs> I, I, I can't really get the GOG version to work properly, uh. which is unfortunate because it's from good old games, and that's kind of their thing—making old games work properly. <laughs> but there's just something about it that I can't figure out, and like I checked in the comments, and and it's sort of inconclusive, and I really want to play it again, and. Uh, oh might be the next one to get a remaster you never know here's hoping here's a speaking of rogue squadron here's a deep cut for you uh mm -hmm. let's do star wars battle for naboo next well, oh, that was, that the, was that was that was that like the command and conquer one no no it it played very similarly to rogue squadron but you had a lot more like ground-based uh vehicles but you had like I I have a distinct memory of being at my cousin's house and playing like, um, the like Nabu speeders, uh, or driving around in one of those and shooting battle droids. I don't remember it, but it's very likely my cousin had it because he had everything. So, <laughs> um, I just want just remaster all the Star Wars games. That's fine, even. Even the ones, no, in fact, every, even like the Atari ones, just do it. <laughs> even the, uh, the, the fighting game? Oh, yeah, I was trying to think of the really bad one, and yeah, that, yeah. Masters of yeah. <laughs> something or other. But I actually had Leia with her, um, yellow saber in it, so, you know, wasn't entirely the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, those are, uh, should be very exciting. Like we said, March 14th, that's also pretty soon. And so is March 26th, which is the release date for South Park Snow Day, a cooperative action game where you can play with up to four players and do South Park things. I don't really know South Park all that well. Oh. Like, I, I've seen, like, a handful of episodes, but I never really got why people liked it. No, oh, I was the only kid in school that parents let them watch it, and that probably explains a lot. No, I used to really like it, and then I fell off when they went a bit 
they like to be like, oh, our humor is like for centrists, it's for everybody. And I'm like, yeah, it didn't start off that way though, did it? <laughs> it was obviously a kind of lefty thing. Uh, but yeah, well, the, the weirdly, the, the RPG, South Park RPGs are like incredible. Um, so it's a shame that this isn't 2D like them, but I guess that's, there's reasons for that. Um, but yeah, I'm probably not picking this up. I've fallen off South Park a little bit because I'm a bit too old, I think. But um, it sure is a game that exists. <laughs> yep. As is Sword Art Online Fractured Daydream. Eh. I have watched some Sword Art Online. Did you uh, watch it when it was still good? Uh, I did watch the first half of season one, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And That's I, all you I, need to watch. I watched some more after that. Uh, oh, no. I watched up until the end of Gun Gale Online, I think. No, past that, because then they went back to Einkrad for, like, six episodes for the, like, Norse mythology kind of quest, I think it was. Oh, I stopped that, watching after the first season, so that Okay, don't don't at me about this because I know you're out there, Sword Art Online fans. You have to be because they're they they're still Sword Art Online shows being made. Yep. But I am not a fan. No, neither am I. Uh, most of the Sword Art Online I watched, I watched for so bad it's good reasons. Well, wow. I like the first arc and I liked the premise. And then they were like, hey, here's this really cool female character who can like take care of herself. And awesome, she's huh? stronger the yeah, she's stronger than the protagonist. Oh, but then she's gonna be kidnapped and like tied up and sexualized for no reason and just ruined and I'm like, Right, okay, you've lost me. <laughs> And then there was a weird, it just, it was just, yeah. Was oh, just, you're going to hate uh, Gun Gale Online then, because in like one of the first episodes, I, I'm almost quoting this conversation verbatim, because I don't think I'll ever forget it. Uh, Kirito, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go start playing this new game, because there's a girl there who needs my help or something. And then Asuna and uh, his stepsister in their like, uh, Sword Art Online characters because they're in the middle of playing Sword Art Online but without the death part this time. Uh, they're oh. like, hey, do you want us to help you with any of that? And Kirito's like, nope, I'm good. Uh, and then they're just not in most of the rest of that season. Uh, or that <laughs> arc. This brings me pain. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good show. Uh... And yet, we're getting a video game. I confess, I didn't super understand what this trailer was showing. Like, it's obviously some sort of Sword Art Online RPG. Uh, it has online play with up to 20 players. It kind of looked like it had the interface of an MMO, which I doubt it is. Uh, but with all the, like, hot bars and all the stuff on your screen while you're playing it, like... Mm -hmm. 
and I guess it is an anime about MMOs, so I guess that fits the theme. But it, like, even putting aside the fact that the show, that I don't like the show very much, this game just did not look especially appealing to me as a video game. Yeah. Also, there's like a million sort of online games. I find yeah. it really hard to tell the difference between them. And I think this is an original story, if I'm remembering the trailer correctly. Ah. Who knows if it's canon or not, for those <laughs> of you who care. Uh, speaking of anime, oh, yeah. we got Gundam Breaker 4. Uh, it's a Gundam game where you get to build your own Gundam in something called Gunpla, as they said in the trailer. Where, like, you... The game, as I assume it works based on the trailer, is you play missions and you collect parts as rewards for finishing missions and doing stuff in the mission. And then you can assemble your Gundam, change out the parts, not dissimilar to Armored Core 6, I assume. Uh, and you can build your ultimate Gundam and all the parts have different abilities. The thing that intrigued me the most is they have something called the Diorama Mode. Uh, where you can put your Gundam in different like poses and scenarios and backgrounds with other like character models and stuff and create your own dioramas and like take pictures. And I thought that was really cool because I imagine those people who are into Gunpla would kill for something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, though, based on what little gameplay footage we got, the combat does look a bit stiff. Yeah. yeah, I will state as well that Gunpla is what the model kits are called. Yeah. So it's like short for like Gundam plastic models. Like if someone says they're into Gunpla, it usually specifically means they're into the making the model kits and things. Uh, which I know a few people that are. Uh, and I am maybe going to get into that, but that's a story for another day. Um, yeah, I... There's a lot, there's quite a few Gundam games and like a lot that are always out at the same time and I keep meaning to like try one and never do but I don't know if this is the one that I don't know, you're meant to try because this seems like more is trying to capture like what if your models came to life or something so I wasn't really sure I know there's like a a multiplayer shooter Yeah from like that maybe a year or two ago yeah, that was the one I was more keeping an eye out on. Um, but hey, if this ever gets cheap, I might pick it up. Um, I, I confess, I'm not... like Gundam is a lot like, uh, as I've talked about on Unfocused and probably on this show as well, uh, occupies the sort of same space as ya Like a Dragon or Yakuza in that there's so much of it and I think I would like it but I'm afraid to get into it because I don't think I'll ever be able to stop. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> the most recent Gundam series is incredible and it's just like a standalone thing. So you could just watch that. But it's a slope because you'll be like, oh, what if I watch something else? Like for me, Gundam Wing was the one that was on in the 90s and 
I keep meaning to rewatch it, and then I look how many episodes there is, and I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> um, and then the models are very expensive, or can be. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That holds up. Yep. <laughs> um, my my I prefer Macross, which is another mech series, but it's got idol. It's what if pop stars made you fight good against aliens. Um, that sounds pretty fun. Yeah, whereas Gundam is more like fascism and war is bad and there's robots. Um, and there is actually a Macross game that came out in the Switch recently. But uh, yeah, this looks cool. If, if See if this is, I don't know how much this is, see if this is quite affordable. Maybe I'll like pick it up just to like see what it's all about. But if it's full priced, I don't, that's no, <laughs> I'm not taking that risk. <laughs> All right, next we have Super Monkey Ball Banana Rumble. Oh. It has over 200 stages. Uh, it ha- You can play it with motion controls if you want. Uh, you can play it four-player local like split-screen co-op and up to 16 players online. It's coming out on June 25th. Pre-order is now available. This game looks like absolute chaos in a way that I think would be really fun at parties. Oh, yeah. You can't you can't beat a bit of monkey ball. <laughs> also, shout out to all the banana puns during this part of the presentation. <laughs> Appealing. Ah, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, 200 stages, wow. I mean, I guess it sort of depends on if there's not a lot of, if there's a lot of variety in those stages, because one of the, one of my main criticisms when I played it the first time of Super Mario 3D Land on the 3DS was it had like, I don't know, like 120 stages, but so many of them were just way too similar to previous ones. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, making over 200 stages all with interesting and unique ideas seems like a bit of an ask. But I feel like this is a game that's meant to be played in short bursts. Yeah. You you don't really sit down to be like, okay, it's a Saturday morning. My plan today is to play Super Monkey Ball. I mean, someone probably does slash has but yeah i wouldn't want to play this for like seven hours in a row (laughs) yeah next we have world of goo two uh i the regular listeners of the podcast will know that i have complained a little bit about things relating to this game though not this game specifically uh with regards to the Game Awards, and some of the reporting surrounding it. But hey, now we know for sure that World of Goo is coming to Nintendo Switch and is, in fact, a console exclusive on Switch. Um, It's coming out on May 23rd. The Switch version, only the Switch version, has local co-op as well, which is pretty cool. Uh, I never played the first one, but I heard it was quite good. Yeah, me neither. This sort of like physics-based building thing 
that this game has going on seems like it would be immensely satisfying but also very frustrating because of the physics like that's sort of the to it the the double-edged sword of physics-based games is i know i'm doing this correctly but the physics just aren't cooperating but hey it looks it looks interesting and it's that they did say in the trailer that like you, you, the point of the game is to take as much goo from one point of the level to the like pipe at the end. And you do that by like creating these physics objects by attaching little globs of stuff to each other to create like bridges and and the like. And they did say in the trailer, and that goo is definitely not going to anywhere sinister, so don't even worry about it. <laughs> and that's that's the kind of thing I enjoy. So I, I think I like the theming of this game, even though I may not like the gameplay very much. It reminds me of, um, I almost said uh, Papers, Please, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. I am thinking of, oh my god, what is it called? The Chimney, the Fireplace game. Where you Fire? chuck stuff in the fireplace and then you solve little... You make combinations of things to get more coins to buy more. No, I have no idea. I think it's even by the same studio. I've paid, played Papers, Please. Little Inferno. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard the name. Yeah, I think it's even by the same studio as World of Goo, and Little Inferno is great. Uh... I love that game. I've played it like three times. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, World of Goo 2 coming out May 23rd. Next, a game I had to double check that I did in fact write the name down correctly like twice. Uh, Fantasy Life I, that's a lowercase i, colon The Girl Who Steals Time. Uh, hey, hey Rosalie. Mm. Do you like uh, life sim games where you craft and farm? Yeah. Do you do you think that uh, that that that's a particularly underserved market at the moment? Uh, <laughs> let me see. Um, I will say though, in defense, when the original one was on the 3DS, it was pretty or DS. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, They've probably just taken a wee bit too long to make a sequel, though. <laughs> uh, apparently, there uh, there is some amount of like time shenanigans in this game, which mm. I'm curious to see how that's going to factor into one of these like life sim kind of games. I do like that there's uh, online play with up to four people. You can like invite them to your island, and it has more than like Animal Crossing because there's like monsters you can fight and stuff so you can at, can actually do more than just show people around <laughs> yeah which which is always uh a lot of fun i assume but yeah like you said i i think they probably just waited too long and why is it called fantasy life lowercase i uh, yeah i don't know <laughs> that's gonna be annoying for 
writers and Google to pick up on, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, because like when I was watching the thing to take notes, at first I was like, okay, this next segment, it's going to be okay. I'm going to write down the title and then I'm going to write down my notes. And I saw the text on the like the bottom left of the, the video. And it wasn't until they said the name out loud that I realized, oh, that's not just a slightly weird looking colon that there is in fact a lowercase i next to it oh dear i mean maybe playing the game will make all of it make sense but like why though yeah and uh this is the one that's sort of an outlier in the sense that it's coming out in october october 10th specifically maybe people will be tired of farming sims by the no they won't because the (laughs) new that game that the uh, Stardew Valley people it's this the other game that they're making I'm pretty sure that's meant to come out at the end of the year I think I hope Uh, and everyone's just going to be playing that instead so it's a shame because the the fantasy life I played must have been the 3ds was really good and it was fun because it's like oh you can do farming stuff oh but there's also an rpg in here too and you can and it was kind of it kind of shook things up a bit but yeah i think it's just a bit i'm not really if i want a farming sim i'm just gonna play stardew valley for the hundredth time so (laughs) yeah Uh, i mean it recently got a major update again stardew valley yeah and it's even got a tour right now which i'm jealous that people are going to uh but yeah you know we'll see like because people were thinking that harvestella was going to be like oh it's going to shake everything up and it's the new greatest farm sim or whatever and i don't know anybody that bought it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah and i mean even then like yeah like 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 you said, having the uh, the RPG stuff was probably a big deal at the time, but even in, like, I think the last Direct we covered, or the Direct before that, I think we talked about, like, three different farming sims with RPG elements. Yeah, like, I think it's a shame, because I think they were one of the kind of earlier ones that kind of mixed things up in that way, but yeah, I think... But there might be cooler mechanics we've not seen yet that kind of make it worthwhile but i just it's not something i can be bothered putting hours into because these things you always got to put like hundreds of hours into to get the most out of them speaking of the type of games you can put hundreds of hours into (laughs) souls likes yeah uh specifically another crab's treasure (laughs) Uh, it was weird hearing the word Souls-like in, Nintendo, in a Nintendo presentation, but here we are. Um, it's a Souls-like about a hermit crab trying to get their shell back, which was stolen from them. And it's in like a polluted ocean setting. Uh, and it's a Souls-like where you play as a crab. I mean, for some people, I think that's just enough. Like, yeah, the Souls-like where you play as a crab. Concept's pretty cool, won't I? <laughs> There was even like a a character you talked to in the trailer that was like that shark grabby thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. The little shark head yeah. on a stick. Oh, that's very clever. Um And apparently you can like pick up uh while you're playing like different 
replacement homes, like a can or a cardboard box and stuff, and they all offer like different gameplay abilities. And it seemed like you could pick them up on the fly. It wasn't like an inventory thing, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of neat. Uh, as previously said, I'm not a Souls-like player, so I think I will be giving this one a miss. But it looks it looks very charming, even if the voice acting sounds a bit bad. Yeah, I, it, I did notice that. Well, because I remember they advertised auditions for it because people sent it to me, uh, and I didn't do anything about it because I'm lazy. Um, and also, I don't think I would have been good at it. But it does sound a bit weird. Um, like, you can tell things were recorded at home. I don't know. If that, I don't know if that feels really um, too harsh to say. But I did notice that. Um, maybe you can turn them off? <laughs> maybe. Well, We'll see when it comes out on April 25th. Yep. Uh, now, uh, Rosalie, you're, you're a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog, correct? Oh, yeah. Uh, so you may be interested in a game by the same studio as Sonic Mania. Yeah. Well, then I have I got some great news for you. <laughs> Uh, we've already talked about on a previous episode about Penny's Big Breakaway. This was shown on a previous Direct as a sort of 3D platformer with a yo-yo. Yeah. Uh, and it has like a time attack mode and, and it seems really well built for speedrunners as well. Um, it It's out. It came out right after the presentation. You can play it right now. I know I really want it to. <laughs> See, if it wasn't for the fact that Persona 3 Reload and Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth came out in this month, I'd probably go buy it. And Tomb Raider came out this month. Um, my my allowance for video games has been already been spent. Uh, but this looks really cool. It just oozes that cool Sonic influence and that charm that um, Christian Whitehead... That's the Sonic Mania yes. guy, developer, is good at capturing. It's, oh, the vivid, like the color palette, just, it looks very Sonic Mania in the best way possible. Uh, but as a th- fully 3D game, yeah. it's like, it's got a lot of, not necessarily in- inspiration, but uh, it also looked very in the same vein as like a hat in time. Yeah. But better, because I didn't like Hat and Time that much. <laughs> There's actually a Sonic fan game, and I don't think Christian Whitehead was involved in it, but I don't think he entirely wasn't, because that's how Mania started, but um, that is like, looks like this, where it, but it is Sonic, and it's like Sonic in a 3D plane, but he's 2D, and it was really, really cool, and that actually reminds me of that a bit, so I do want, I wonder if there's some people that maybe he... Uh, got on board because Sonic like Sega sometimes showcase Sonic fan games like officially like look at all this stuff our fans are making which Nintendo could never but um and I always liked that about the kind of Sonic fandom as it were uh so I got vibes from that but it's just, oh, this looks really delightful because uh, there's all it looks a lot it looks really fun yeah yeah because there's I know this isn't like going for the 64 N64 vibes but there's I have noticed there's been a lot of like platformers 
by indie studios recently that are trying to be like, look, it's like Banjo-Kazooie, but it's new. And then I play them and I'm like, this doesn't feel like that at all. Um, and But this kind of feels like it is not the N64 vibes, but it, it's capturing the thing that people liked about 90s platformers, but in a new way. Like, because... I mean, Christian Whitehead, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He's a very talented guy. Um, so I am I'm quite hyped to play this. I don't know when I'm gonna get to it, but but I will. Because um, I do love me Sonic, so next, uh we have a game that is apparently a fruit matching sensation according to the presentation which i confess i had never heard of it before oh really i watched this uh yeah oh wow uh, suica game yep uh it's getting two players split screen with three new modes and online multiplayer coming in the future as paid dlc all of this is paid dlc yeah it, yeah no this is this game was huge when it came out it was like viral everywhere um and then there's loads of clones of it. And actually, I prefer one of the clones because it has more modes in it. Um, the clone is called, like, Fruit Salad or something. Uh, <laughs> and it's on Steam. Uh, and so this actually makes the official one, like, just as good. That would be kind of funny. Uh, but it is quite addictive. And it's only I think the actual game is only, like, £3 or something. It's, it's deliberately very cheap. Um, my mother... My my in laws, both my in laws were obsessed with this at Christmas time, so I'm I can't wait to tell them <laughs> that there's a multiplayer mode. Uh, it's fun if you just want a little time waster that's very cute, basically. Uh, I'm genuinely surprised. Like maybe it's just uh, maybe I was just doing other things at the time, or maybe I just don't follow the type of people who <laughs> play a lot of games like this. Yeah. But I, I had I don't think I've ever heard of this game before oh, I watched this presentation. Wow. Like, yeah, it was like, even YouTube, people on YouTube were doing videos on it. I think it was very quick, though. Like, very viral. Like, people were like, I'm obsessed, and then they forgot about it shortly after. Yeah. So, yeah, that's not surprising. But, um, yeah, and we'll get this DLC and see how it works out. It's just very cute. The fruit, put them together, they turn into a bigger fruit. The best one's the watermelon. That's that's all. That's, that's the gist of it. <laughs> It did look very fun, and mm-hmm. in, in a like, in a way that like I want Tetris to be. Ah, uh, yeah. Even though I'm very bad at Tetris. Yeah, this is a lot easier. Or than not, that. not so much Tetris, more like uh, Bubble Bobble. Oh yeah, remember that. This is a lot easier, because um, I don't suck at it, so it must be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, today I learned. Yeah. Uh, next, we had Pepper Grinder. This this one is actually probably my number two in terms of being excited. I thought this looked really cool. Uh, it's a platformer where you have a really big drill, <laughs> and you can like drill through the ground and discover secrets and use it to open switches and stuff. And apparently, your char- player character had a fortune that was stolen, and you're going to get it back. The demo is already out, and the full game is coming March 28th. I will say, I was, like, when I saw that the game was called Pepper Grinder, I did briefly think of 
uh, Alice Madness Returns. Yeah, literally was thinking about that because that's one of my favorite <laughs> games. Uh, that was a cool weapon. Yeah. That never going to happen, but if we got a remaster of that, that'd be nice. But EA sucks, so we won't. <laughs> oh well. But yeah, this I I like the, uh, the like momentum that was shown in this in the the platforming in this game. I think this one looks really cool, and I should probably go download the demo, yeah. considering it's already out. Uh, next, we had a remaster of Pocket Card Jockey. Yay! A game I confess I had never heard of. Oh. Uh, it is a combination of solitaire and horse racing, which is not a sentence I was expecting to say when I woke up this morning. Uh, and it's available after the presentation, so already, and it has a demo already out yeah. that you can try. And it is a Game Freak game, for anyone that doesn't know. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's one of their lesser known uh, series is, uh, but it's very very good. It was stuck on the 3DS so when the 3DS store closed down it was gone. Uh, it is actually still out on Apple Arcade which is the only reason I pay for Apple Arcade um, so I might stop doing that and just buy this version <laughs> although having it Yeah, have, don't have to pay a subscription Yeah, oh, yeah. Although the touch screen on the iPad might is kind of more intuitive than the Switch one so I'm not entirely sure but it, it's really 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 fun like, the faster that you do the solitaire game, then the kind of, the more kind of like speed and the better you can do in the race. Uh, and the writing in it is really funny and charming. Um, and it's just, it's just quite, it takes a while to get into it. I was, I kept doing really badly and I wasn't sure why. Uh, so hopefully they've done some kind of quality of life improvements to kind of make, explain things better. But, um... Yeah, this is one of the Pokemon people's other games. It's not Pokemon. So that's really cool. Then there was a little bit of a, a sizzle reel, as I called it, <laughs> of a bunch of other games that they didn't give any information beyond, like, here's some gameplay footage and a release date, so let's go through all of them in one go. <gasps> Not in one breath. I shouldn't commit to that. Uh, <laughs> Snufkin Melody of Moomin Valley on March 7th. Tales of Kenzara Zao on April 23rd, a game we've seen in a previous direct and I played the demo of and talked about on Game Podular Unfocused. Mm. So if you're curious about that, go listen to that when it comes out. Uh, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, no Yaiba Sweep the Board, which is a party game it looked like warioware mm -hmm. but demon slayer <laughs> very random not what i was expecting when i saw a demon slayer video game but here we are at <laughs> uh, kingdom come deliverance royal edition on march 15th a game that looks extremely tedious uh Contra operation G galuga <laughs> march 12th with a demo available now and Pentiment, available the day after the presentation. So by the time you're hearing this, it will already be out. Well, this was another game that came courtesy of Microsoft. I'm quite interested to try Pentiment because uh, I have a history of 
higher education in English, which included some amount of medieval English literature. Oh. Uh, and Pentiment includes a lot of that. <laughs> so I am interested. Do you have any of these that you're particularly interested in? Maybe the Moomin game a little bit. I quite like the Moomins. Uh, but not really. The only thing I remember about Kingdom Come Deliverance is that the guy that made it is a big, not a nice human being. So if anyone's thinking of buying that, Google him. Because <laughs> uh, you might not want to give him money. Uh, I will say that um, much. But yeah, maybe probably just a Moomin's game. I mean, Snufkin's, he's cute. And moments. <laughs> I like the movements because they love the laughter and they love the living and they are the movements. <laughs> and I'm I'm quite interested of, in Tales of Kinzara as like a very cool looking uh, Metroidvania, uh, which again you can listen to Unfocused when I, where I talked about the demo, but. Uh, I will reiterate something here. Mm -hmm. It is an Afrofuturist setting, which I have very little experience with. I think most people, when they think Afrofuturism, think like Marvel's Black Panther. And that's, as far as I know, not an incorrect assessment. But I have basically no experience with it beyond that. And I'm quite interested to see more. Interesting. Next, we had another sizzle reel, but just for rare. Yay. Uh, we had Snake Rattle and Roll, RC Pro-Am, Battletoads in Battle Maniacs, Killer Instinct, like the Super Nintendo one, and Blast Core, all coming to Nintendo Switch Online now. Or yesterday, technically. But as soon as the presentation was over, they were available. I haven't played any of these because I didn't own the consoles they were on. I have Killer Instinct. I didn't have the other ones. I have played Blast Corpse. I remember it being fun. I know David Wise did a lot of music for these ones. Well, but it's rare. So <laughs> um, that's a given. But yeah, Killer Instinct, I remember being fun. It is like one of those, it's it's a fighting game, I feel, as someone who's not into fighting games at all, it is one that I, I heard about a lot until like, that, and people were super psyched that there was like a new Killer Instinct. Yeah, and then... When it came out like ages ago at this point. Yeah, and then they just didn't talk about it. That was weird. Um, But I, I heard the new one was also very good, just huh. quite niche, like as far as fighting games go because the point of killer instinct the way i understand it is to have like really fast and long combos Mm. which i guess is you know fighting games in general but when you look at something like street fighter where you're gonna have like a what an eight hit combo killer instinct has like 27 hit combos yeah that just just pull numbers out of thin air (laughs) but yeah those are currently available have fun (laughs) And then the last part of the European presentation, at least, and we'll get to why in a second, uh, that we're talking about. Bit of a weird one to end on, not going to lie. Yeah. Endless Ocean Luminous. 
an online endless ocean game where you can play with up to 30 people. The environments change every time you dive. The animations look a bit dodgy. (laughs) Uh, But have you ever wanted to be a marine biologist? I know I did when I was a kid. Yeah, I I did too. (laughs) I was super into aquariums. And I still am. I just don't like going in the ocean anymore. Yeah, I was just super into sharks. I was a shark kid. And dolphins. I think everyone in the like that was in the nineties a little bit was obsessed with dolphins though. <laughs> yeah. I know I was. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh it it looks fun. But like I said, the animations look a little bit janky. And it it is a weird one to end this presentation on. Yeah, it was a bit like I random. I I would have maybe gone for like I was going to say Shin Megami Tensei, but that was like there wasn't really much to that announcement. Yeah, so I saw a tweet that um well i saw a couple people saying this that if this was released during the pandemic it would have gone down really well and i'm like Mm. yeah it feels like a pandemic game (laughs) uh it just feels a bit random i don't even think was the original one on the wii i think so yeah yeah i I remember existing i don't i never played it so there is a very well-known Game Grumps playthrough of the first one. Oh, I've not seen I say playthrough. They only played it for like 45 minutes. I've not seen that. I'll need to watch that. But it is notable. Like a Game Grumps episode nowadays is like 30 to 45 minutes. But they played a 45-minute single episode of Endless Ocean 10 years ago <laughs> when their episodes were like 10 minutes long. So you know it's a good one. And then... Later, they played Endless Ocean 2 for longer. That was like a multi-part series. So it is kind of cool to see this franchise that I thought was sort of like an oddity in the history of Nintendo consoles just have another entry. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if um, Game Grumps will play this one too. (laughs) Probably. At some point, I assume. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, that was the end of the European presentation that I watched. Uh, There was a Japanese Direct, which I didn't watch, but I did pick some of the uh, major stories from because they were unique to the Japanese one, but I still felt like we should talk about them. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one of these, um, Mother 3 is coming to Switch Online only in Japan because it still hasn't been localized. (laughs) There was a lot of angry people. <laughs> uh, I will say I am I'm going to quote Allegra Frank, editor of the Daily Beast, pretty much verbatim, because it was a very good tweet. Uh, in Nintendo's defense, we all could have learned fluent Japanese in the time between the first time they didn't localize Mother Three and the umpteenth time they didn't localize Mother 3. That's brilliant. <laughs> that was very funny. There is also like a, fa- a very good fan 
localization if you wanna <laughs> sail the high seas and all that. <laughs> but yeah. It's a bit rubbish. P- people have been bringing localized Mother 3 like signs to wrestling shows for years now. Yeah. That's that's how deep it's gotten. I wonder if they're just saving it to because it's not a big as big a deal in Japan because they have it um, officially. I wonder if they're saving it for some sort of physical release so they can milk it for all it's worth. That would be cool. Uh, or they just it, n- nothing. <laughs> they just can't be bothered localizing it. Um, or it it could also just be one of those things that like the community is smaller than we think it is. Yeah. But the community is just very vocal, so they seem bigger. But then, like, they put... They know it exists, because they put the yeah. first one on the... Um, or it's not the first one. They, they they confuse me. They put Earthbound, and then they had that prequel thing, and they put that on the Switch Online. And there was once merch for it on the Nintendo reward program like recently it was like a notepad or something but the fact it exists you know they they invested money in producing a notepad with mother earthbound stuff on it so hmm I mean it it could be that they're saving it for it or it just this can't be bothered. I mean, that's that's the thing we all hope, right? Is they're just actually going to release it someday. I feel like, but I feel like we were. I didn't think we'd ever see a Super Mario Brothers RPG remake, and that felt like a niche one that everyone was like, like only a very small group was into. Although I know it's Mario, so it's more of a thing. But I, th- I they must be planning something. That's just it's just money. Just free money. <laughs> they must be planning. But yeah, it must have been quite gutting. I've always been meaning to get into those games properly because I love Undertale and Undertale started as an Earthbound fan game uh, and wouldn't exist without these games. Um, I played a little bit of the one that was on the Nintendo Switch Online. Couldn't get into it that much. But I, I think I need to like properly set aside time for it. Um... And I like the characters in Smash Brothers, but yeah, yeah. I I've played my I've played a fair amount of Lucas in Smash. PK Freeze. Yeah, um, nice cute. And the other one is a Japan exclusive guitar learning game mm-hmm. called Guitar Life Lesson One, with a special controller. Yeah, by Hori. It's much more guitar like than like a rock band controller yeah people are gonna like it looks less like a guitar but it looks like it functions more like an actual guitar yeah there is actually guitars that look like it uh i forget their name um but i people are gonna turn that into a cool midi controller and if they don't i'll be very disappointed (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right that was the entire direct from top to bottom with some 
bonus news from the Japanese one thrown in for funsies. Now, this is the part of the show where we talk about the games we've been playing. I have been playing some games, uh, but not to the degree that I feel like I have enough to say about them. Most notably, uh, the Apollo Justice Trilogy and Monster Hunter Stories 2, both of which I have not experienced enough of that I feel like I can really give enough of a thought. But you, Rosalie, noted Tomb Raider fan, have been playing the Tomb Raider 1 to 3 Remastered collection. Yeah. How's that been going? I will state that uh, it is on the Switch, but I have not been playing it on the Switch. But that is because, to me, if Tomb Raider is not played on the PlayStation, it just feels a bit wrong. <laughs> Even though if you... I did hmm? I did hear that the Switch port is not great. Oh, so that, that was a good thing anyway, then. Yeah. Well... I haven't looked into specific details, but that's sort of the impression I've gotten. I imagine that could be because you really need to use the D-pad. And if you don't have... If you only have the Joy-Cons and it doesn't have a proper D-pad, you're probably not going to have a good time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Because thumbstick and early Tomb Raider just... No. Um, uh, But yeah, I I grew up on Tomb Raider. I will say, I know the first one technically came out on the Sega Saturn first and not the PlayStation, but Lara Croft is synonymous with the PlayStation. It's just how it is. Um, um, it's been really cool. I didn't think I was going to get it for a while. Um, and then everyone was talking about it and I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I'm about halfway through the first one. Um, my partner and I are taking turns. Every time we die, the other person picks it up. Uh, it's very, obviously, nostalgic. But they did add a really cool thing that where you press a button and it will instantly look like the original one. It is the PC port of the original one, so it looks slightly better than the PlayStation 1 version. Uh, less shaky. <laughs> but it, it, it's this Lara Croft and all her spiky polygon uh, glory. And it's very cool. And it's very simultaneous. Um, you don't have to go through settings or anything. Uh, which I love because one of my favourite remasters of a game was the director's cut of Monkey Island 1 and 2 on the uh, iPod. Well, I had them on the iPod Touch and you could press a button and it would instantly go to the original ones and then to the remasters. And I, I think if you're doing a remaster of a very old game that looks considerably worse than it does today, that should just be a thing. That should, Just put that in there. It just, it just, It's very cool. Um, I like that in the remaster they did of Halo 2 and maybe also Halo 1 in the Master Chief collection. Oh, I didn't know they did it for that. You could just press a button and it would instantly switch to classic graphics. It's just, it's just such a great idea because I think it makes you appreciate what the remaster team do when you can see the comparison. Um, yeah. This wasn't done by... Crystal Dynamics, which don't exist anymore. Uh, I, my friend wrote the book about, literally wrote the book about how Tomb Raider was made. So, which I haven't read it yet. So, 
I should know that, but I don't. Um, it was by Asper, who are also doing, funnily enough, the Star Wars Battlefront uh, collection remaster. Oh, nice. Uh, so I think they're just the remaster people at the moment. Um, but Them and Night Dive. Yeah. Um, but it looks really good. Um, Lara just looks like how she looked in her heads when I played the original one because I was so, yeah. so I was born in 1990 so I was quite little when I played the first one um I'm just interested in because I never actually com- I never completed them on my own because they're really really difficult uh I, I usually got like a, a parent or like a family friend to like come in and do the, the hard bits uh but it's just, I, I, I used to always look back at the early Tomb Raider games and go, oh, the controls were rubbish. And they have messed up the controls in this version, which I'll get to. But um, what I think is really interesting about how it, they still work is that you have to time everything in a certain way that kind of adds more agency to what you're doing. Because if you were you know, raiding actual tombs in real life and if there was booby traps and boulders and spikes everywhere and uh, lions and giant crocodiles and gorillas trying to kill you. Dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you one wrong move, you will be dead uh, or eaten or impaled on spikes. So it, it really, I mean, the combat is not intuitive at all. But, and it never has been, but it, it makes you actually go, right, I need to do this to get to this ledge and this. And it actually, it, it just makes the atmosphere more interesting. Because, like, in games that have, like, been inspired by it since, like, the Uncharted series, they're modern. You know you're going to make that jump. And if you don't, they'll probably do something to kind of not make your death so miserable. But in this, you really have to, like, get the timing right. It doesn't always work because the modern controls are a bit weird. There's like times where you press the jump, the the jump that she does, where it's like the immediate jump, not the like run up and jump, and she just wouldn't do it, which is very weird. Huh. And I've heard that it is because their modern controls are slightly different. Um, I don't know if they're gonna patch that because I remember struggling as a kid, but it was struggling because I was a kid and I didn't have good re- responses and reflexes not because I wasn't the button didn't do what I was telling it to do um which is why I also use a d-pad do not use the thumbstick it just does not work tank controls and thumbsticks do not feel good um but it's for something that's only 25 pounds for a remaster of three games uh sadly not a physical version yet there probably will be a limited run games version at some point uh it's pretty good deal i do worry what it was like like what's your are you entirely new to the old tomb raiders or did you play them when you were younger i am entirely new to them i played a tiny bit of the good old games version of the first one. Oh yeah i i could not really understand the controls like i i have very limited experience with games with tank controls Ah. and yeah i (laughs) i didn't really get it Uh. yeah because that's what i'm wondering like who are these for because i have a feeling that if you didn't 
purposely like weren't into them when they originally came out that they might not work very well especially because the controls are a bit off um because a lot of the people i know that are playing that are like die hard tomb raider fans which exist there's actually a very lovely tomb raider fandom community that still exists my friend daryl does like talks with the composer nathan and the developers like regularly and people cosplay and it's like a whole thing um especially beloved here in the uk obviously because it was developed here and lara's like this big hate saying british icon but that is what she is um so yeah i think this is more for people that just want to play the original games um but oh seeing seeing the um when you when you load it up uh it has the original menu to each game. You just press like down and it'll take you to like Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider 2, Tomb Raider 3. And the music obviously changes to what the menu music was for each game. Oh, that was just a nice feeling because the Tomb Raider theme is really, really beautiful. Um, and it just gave me all goosebumps. Um, I'm hyped to play 2 because that's my favourite one. And that is the one with the infamous tutorial stage where you can put... Winston the butler in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. I haven't done it yet because I'm like, right, that'll be my reward for finishing the first game. Um, but as a kid, that's mainly what I did is I just messed around in Lara's house. Um, but yeah, it's just... It, it's an interesting part of gaming history where they were a bit weird and there's some... So like, the remaster as well, before I forget, there's like things graphically things that would warn you of things in the original. So like, there's a bit where there's some water near you and, and the animation of the flow of the water is going down to indicate that if you get in this water by accident it's probably going to drag you far away to a place you don't want to go or to death. Um, but in the remaster it just looks like stagnant water. <laughs> oh. uh, and I was like oh that's kind of weird. Uh, it still has the sound effect of rushing water as well. Uh, I they might patch that because it feels like a very weird thing to kind of not realize that that was the original developers and in, like intention, and there'll just be kind of things like that throughout that are a bit like, huh. Um, but then they've also made like items more visible because I swear there's like keys in the original one which are just like a tiny pixel that you would never see in a million years, so that's nice. Um, but it's just been a lot of a nice nostalgic trip and it's making me think more I kind of wish I did complete them when I was younger but I just wasn't that I just I don't think I could put up with it as much when I was younger and now we have guides and you know <laughs> people can speed run to murder which is like crazy to me um, yeah it's just been quite pleasant I think if anyone's grew up with the originals they should pick it up and also because it's only 25 pounds which for a game for three games uh is pretty cool um also if you're on the switch you don't get the trophies and i looked at the trophies and whoever platinums these games is like a legend because some of them are absolutely ridiculous like not healing and things and i'm like no that's impossible <laughs> just no um so what would you say for someone like me who is like passingly familiar with sort of how they are but has never actually committed to playing them would you still recommend it because i like this kind of 
Tomb Raider-y, like, like Indiana Jones, The Mummy, Uncharted kind of thing. I like that kind of storytelling, but would you recommend them for someone, these games for someone like me? If you like a challenge, yeah. Because they're less about the tomb raiding and more about the thinking ahead platforming situation. Like, there's like timed areas where you flip a switch and you'll have to quickly maneuver yourself around a certain area or something will close. And uh, it's like very much look, you know. I can't jump down here because I will die so I need to quickly jump here but then do a backflip here and you have to be very precise or you will just die. Luckily there is like really fast saving in it so it's it's not like a rewind feature it just will save wherever you want it to. So that makes it easier. But it's one of those things where, okay. where like the challenge is interesting enough that you might want to keep replaying it so you can get better and fa- like faster at it I think. I think I think you could like it. It, it's one of those things where I you have to kind of admit the controls were a bit weird, but then at the same time it was like one of the first games that did so many things that that games still borrow from today. So it's like we kind of needed to go through that in order to get where we are now. Because I love the reboot Tomb Raider games, like adore reboot Lara um, a ton, um, and not a lot of not some Tomb Raider fans don't and that's okay I I played the uh, the first one of the, the reboots it's f- genuinely a, a phenomenal game yeah and they just get I, I really really love that game and I I started Shadow and the only reason I did, didn't keep playing it is I was like okay <laughs> I just need to not play a game with crafting in it for a while yeah, I forgot about that. The third one. Like, that that's just a, like, that was more a circumstance of other games I'd been playing at the time than a criticism of the specific of the game specifically. I just played it at a time where I shouldn't have, but I definitely want to play it. it I, I love the first one, and I'll probably enjoy Shadow and Rise as well. Yeah, they're both good. And there's a good comic series by Gail Simone, too. Um, oh, nice! Because yeah, she signed mine. <laughs> I gave her like oh. I gave her like the first one, and I had the other ones with me. And she was like, "Don't be silly!" And she just grabbed the pile and signed every single one. It was really sweet. Uh, nice. She's very cool. Um, and she also wrote, co-wrote the second one with Rihanna Pratchett, um, who wrote oh, cool. the first one, which is why the dialogue and everything is very good in the reboot because Rihanna Pratchett is a great writer. Um, yeah, she is. I got to meet her, but it was before. No, it was just after the first trailer for the that game came out. So I I wasn't like in into it enough to ask her things, and I'm gutted because I've like cosplayed that Laura and things, and uh, I just love. Ugh, there's something that kind of like old school era of like PlayStation and like the mascots. You had like Lara Croft, and you had like Abe from Ace Odyssey, and you had like Crash Bandicoot, and then you kind of had like Cloud from Final Fantasy Seven. There's just something about the games from them, and it's not like a, a lot. Of, I've seen people say like the reason you like these things is because you were young and life was better then, and I'm like, kinda, but also my childhood was a bit rubbish and not really. <laughs> so it's more. I just think 
it's this really fun, cool, experimental time for games where things were like a bit gritty. And I just love replaying like one of the most famous series from that era. It's just really kind of exciting and cool. And I mean, I even like there was a, the remake, the Tomb Raider Anniversary, which was the remake of the first one. I liked that one too. Um, <laughs> and I've played the later ones too. I just like Tomb Raider. It's just a fun time. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of interested to see like, well, I'm interested to see what I feel when I finish them all because I know there's some horrific platforming and things coming up in the second one. Um, but I, yeah, I would actually be interested to see what you would think playing through it. I'll uh, put it on my Steam wish list, and if it ever goes on sale, oh, I imagine it would. I'll uh, pick it up and give it a try. Um, and if I get to finishing them, I can go in proper details. Besides Tomb Raider fun, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah. I just, um, I've mainly otherwise been playing non-Switch adjacent things, so I just wanted to, you know, get out there and maybe encourage people to pick it up if they were on the fence. Yeah, the only the main game I've been playing other than the two Switch games is Spider-Man Remastered, which... Oh, it's so good. Not not one that comes up on this podcast no, very often. but it's good. <laughs> I, getting to run that one on Switch would be a... Uh, uh, yeah. A real, a real miracle, I, I'd say. Hey, they might get it on the Switch, too. Mm, it might be like Spider-Man Joy-Cons. That would be cool. <laughs> or, or I mean, remaster Spider-Man Two: The Game. I want that. Yeah, the Bruce Campbell narration in it. Or uh, Spider-Man: Web of Shadows. Oh, remember that? Yeah. It's not an amazing game, but I played it a lot when I was a teenager. Which means that I like it. <laughs> is that the one that actually looked like a comic book? Or is that a different one? That, I think that's a different one. Uh. But this one was cool because it had like uh, a bunch of... I mean, it was basically just prototype. Uh, like yeah. It was very similar to prototype. But it had a bunch of uh, other Marvel characters that you could like summon temporarily to help you out in a fight after you did like a side quest with uh, them. Oh, yeah. So you had like Wolverine and Black Cat and others. Yeah, I enjoyed it, even though it wasn't amazing. <laughs> but yeah, the Switch could not play that. Well, not the Insomniac one. Spider-Man Remastered. <laughs> like the most recent one is one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. It would just make your Switch implode. So and we yeah. don't want that. <laughs> New. Uh, so yeah, I, I have kind of already said what I am going to be playing. It's uh, the Apollo Justice uh, trilogy and Monster Hunter Stories 2. Okay. How about you, Rosalie? Uh, funnily enough, you were talking about Game Grumps earlier, so I'm going to be playing Homebody, which is a horror game from their development studio. I've heard it's quite good. Yeah, I've been I've been playing a bit of it. Uh, it's a bit, bit scary, but it, you know, it's meant to be. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm really liking it. Um, cool indie horror game. Good times. But hopefully I'll be able to actually finish it because it's lots of puzzles. And I'm not always good at puzzles. I'll be curious to hear about it in a future episode.
for listening to this episode of End Focus. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Spotify and other podcast services. Also be sure to check out our sister show, Game Podular Unfocused. Follow us on Twitter and at GamePodular.com for updates, news and other content. Links to all of our socials, including our Discord, Mastodon and Blue Sky may be found at our link tree. If you'd like to support our shows or buy us a coffee, you can become a GamePodular patron. The details for both are on our website. Thanks. This episode was edited by Hilke and you can follow him at gear12 underscore turbo on Twitter or more preferably at gear12 turbo at kind.social on Mastodon. He was joined today by me, Rosalie, who you can find at LLRecordGirl on Twitter. Have a good one.